Uh, welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Samar. Just to make a small little correction, um, this is not what my PhD is about, as it says in uh, my biography. Uh, my PhD is on uh, the representation of Muslim in the ethnic press, so Jewish and Muslim press in the UK. So it has nothing to do with Tunisia. <laughs> but uh, this is deriving from uh, research I've done uh, in consultancies, um, uh, work that I've done in Tunisia uh, for the last two or three years. So I will be speaking about youth activism in Tunisia. And um, Tunisian youth have been at the forefront of uh, the street movements from the start of the Tunisian revolution in December 2010. Um, in fact, Mohamed Bazizi, the, the iconic first seller that was romanticized as we were sp speaking about it today, um, and who sparked popular uprising in his city, he was only 26 years old when uh, he died. Young Tunisians have been actively participating in the transition of the country and have been advocating for change even before that, so before the fall of Ben Ali. This is not surprising when we are talking about uh, over 54% of the population in Tunisia who are under the age of 30. And uh, this is according to the National Institute of Statistics in Tunis. But more importantly, uh, young people in Tunisia represent a majority and are one of the most affected categories, uh, social categories, uh, who are affected by urgent issues such as unemployment, uh, violation, and marginalization. If you consider youth as a social construct rather than an age span, the figures would go even higher, uh, including those who are over 35 years old but who are still in a state of weighthood. So, Honwana um, considers the state of weighthood as uh, a characteristic of young Tunisians who, who find themselves sus uh, quote, suspended in limbo between childhood and adulthood. So, without jobs that pay living wages, these young people cannot become fully participating members of society. This is striking it, uh, as it can underestimate the place young people uh, occupy in Tunisia, not only socially, but even demographically. In fact, when working with UN agencies in Tunisia uh, following the revolution, it was not uncommon to refer to young people in the country as a minority. Um, this is obviously a problematic discourse in a development agency that tend to affect uh, other large categories of the society uh, who are, that, undermine, uh, that are undermined and continue to be referred to as a minority, such as, for instance, women. But in spite of these young people were the focus of media attention and public recognition at the start of the revolution. And if we consider the revolution as a continuous journey rather than a fixed event, we can see that um, young people occupied a more significant place in the narrative of the revolution 2010-2011 when media was highlighting stories of young Tunisians, politicians were pressured by their several sit-in in Al-Qasbah, uh, and even one of the young activists and bloggers, Lina Benpenyu, was uh, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, but who are these Tunisian activists? Tunisian young activists have been working on demanding changes in the country before the fall of Ben Ali, but due to the limitations on freedom of expression, on organized demonstrations, and on advocacy and lobbying activities, and people in Tunisia uh, face several challenges in communicating their demand, mobilizing people, and making their voices heard to officials and media outlets. Three main categories can uh, be drawn for young activists in Tunisia. Underground activists, uh, so these are young people living in Tunisia who are not uh, publicly and officially organized into organizations, uh, unions, or structured movements, uh, simply because they cannot under the autocratic regime. Young activists in these categories have developed tactics, tools, and strategies to advocate for freedom of expression, social justice, and democracy. Um, in this category, we find sometimes individual artists, uh, such as um, hip-hop singers or rap singers, who sometimes uh, diffuse songs, usually homemade uh, videos, or local songs and videos that express opposition to the tyrannical regime and call for social change. But we also mostly find bloggers and cyber activists 
who although acting individually through their blogs and other social media platforms such as Facebook, these young people uh, were more connected and supportive of each other. Uh, their knowledge and skills in cyber activism gave them a more protective belt uh, in face of the regime than individual artists and activists. Although all these groups were vulnerable, we must say, to police harassment, arrest and sometimes torture. Uh, in fact, even these forms of expression such as songs, blogs and jokes, uh, while opposing the dictator, remained constrained within the system of power, having little impact in challenging it. Um, another category of young activists are members of student unions and opposition parties. And these are obviously members of publicly announced groups who benefited from a larger space and platform uh, to express their opinions, um, had a stronger backup network and uh, an institutionalized frame for their activism. Uh, this includes members of student syndicates such as uh, the UGET, Union Générale des Étudiants de Tunisie, Although it's important uh, to note that even these activists uh, who are organized within opposition parties and syndicates were subject to allegations and violations of their rights. And the last uh, group I would refer to as Tunisians in diaspora, and these are young Tunisians who live outside the country, sometimes due to expulsion, uh, studies or work commitments. Some are born outside the country but contribute to an activism movement trying to uncover uh, corruption and violation of human rights in the Ali regime. As they are less subject to censorship and can have more access to resources and information, these young activists uh, were a valuable source of information, documentation, and communication uh, on the regime's failure and dictatorship. Uh, some of these valuable contributions, for instance, uh, was the project Mapping Prisons in Tunisia that developed since 2007 by Sami Ben Rabia, uh, called the Tunisian Prison Map. Uh, now, all these categories, young people uh, from different socioeconomic and political backgrounds were working closely together. Uh, Islamists, secular, uh, socialists were sometimes collaborating against the common enemy and the ideological defining boundaries were not significant at the time. Uh, Shamik and Intellis argue that alternative political identities could not fully be formed and owned in the absence of independent political parties, judi judicial system and robust civil society. Uh, but most of the activities taken by these groups were momentary. Uh, occasional and on a small scale, so uh, for instance small demonstrations, uh, being usually suspended by authorities before it even starts gaining attention and support from other groups. Uh, however, this capital of young activists, although challenged by a limiting political environment, uh, was crucial for the start and continuation of the uprising against Ben Ali. Young activists organized demonstrations in 2010, uh, even before the revolution gains popular support, uh, they operated the communication machine that um, quickly and efficiently transferred information about demonstration violations in different uh, regions in the country to people in the capital, uh, whose uprising gave an important dimension, scope and potential for the revolution. They also played a strong role in mobilizing their peers and others. Bloggers were making the main coverage of demonstrations and violations against demonstrators inside and outside the capital, and when other, particularly when other media tools uh, were being censored and controlled. This was further highlighted in uh, the cyber war that took place, obviously, between the government and Anonymous um, in the first two weeks of January with Operation Tunisia. But what is the new challenges that the new Tunisia actually present to these young activists? Now, after the fall of the regime, different uh, actors, politicians, activists, all the way to citizens, really, were re reconfigurating their plans uh, and sometimes even their own identity. Much of this youth activism was about opposing the regime, and some activists found themselves in a chaotic space of a new, gained but negotiated freedoms, uh, shifting their efforts to looking for alternative, to building a new society, and protecting the limited freedoms that they have uh, gained relatively after the fall of the regime. This process of reconfiguration and change from a position of destroying uh, a tyrannical regime to one of building a democratic society um, is continuing and sometimes painfully as youth activists are facing new challenges of organization, 
structure and new realities to which they need to adapt. So more importantly, just like other actors, young Tunisians, uh, young activists find themselves divided by pronounced political identities uh, and ideologies, simply or simplistically put as uh, secularist and religious uh, camps. But their visions, actions, and approaches started to get colored by these identities and affiliations. And neutral shared space was really hard to recreate. There were various factors shattering young activists in Tunisia. Um, the absence of a common enemy, uh, so th that was represented in Ben Ali. Uh, the emergence of different new ones, so different political leaders, old structures and followers related to Ben Ali, um, and the new possibilities, issues, and causes to fight for, uh, such as monitoring elections, constitutional reform, promoting freedom, developing citizenship, citizenship, among other issues. So what were the responses to this new reality, and how did they uh, reshape youth activism in the country, and which spaces are these activists occupying or creating after having occupied the streets and squares and demonstrations uh, and cities? So the responses were varied, one of which was actually the shift or the, the move from fixed space to a space uh, to a moving space of activism. And by that I mean that one of the changes noted in the actions and initiatives of activists in the country is uh, one related to mobility. Their actions seem to reach other places outside the capital and sometimes outside cities with young activists uh, traveling in the country to mobilize peers for common causes. Um, or more importantly, to build capacities, particularly in areas of citizenship, active citizenship, citizen journalism, and human rights. Um, the actions and calls expanded and moved in physical spaces rather than just virtual ones. And one of these initiatives was, for instance, Bus Citoyen, which for the last few years have been spreading awareness on elections, constitution, and citizenship, taking activists in buses across the country. The other new change is related to responses in navigating in this new chaotic, plural, and very diverse civil society. Young activists, particularly those who were working in underground, immature structures, found the possibility to get involved in booming and blooming civil society that gained legal recognition, uh, unlimited energy and will, uh, from the people, and unwilling, uh, unwillingness and motivation from its members, um, and who has now a golden opportunity to have a say in the events shaping the future of the country. So the legal and regulatory environment of post-revolutionary Tunisia has facilitated the creation of numerous NGOs, uh, and this newly created space of organization, uh, operating in a less restricted environment, created a third sector, an alternative space, beyond the separating and polarizing spaces of uh, political debate before and after the 2011 elections. Uh, and in interviews and focus groups we conducted uh, with young activists from April to December 2012, as part of a study with the American University of Cairo, of Cairo and the British Council, we interviewed over 52 young activists, um, members of civil society, uh, art scenes and entrepreneurs, and these activists refer to non-governmental organizations in particular as the space of youth leadership that compensate for their alienation from the political system. So even in a politicized civil society, uh, the high level of engagement in civil society is kind of viewed as a safety valve, ensuring that the revolution does not deviate from its right path. Uh, as it is viewed, uh, uh, and it's also sorry, viewed as offering a shelter to those, to those who despise the manipulation of politics, a place where their voices are uh, also heard, and where they seem to be liberating institutions from fixed practices, rigid intergenerational frontiers, and institutionalized corruption. So how is that done? This is done through different levels. Uh, first, within the organizations themselves, uh, where young people are taking the lead in drawing visions, taking initiatives um, and decisions, and leading teams. And in numerous occasions, shoulder by shoulder with elders. The, the, the leadership dialogue between these generations is compensating somehow for its absence in political parties, uh, constitutional assembly, and other governmental institutions. 
Um, because ironically, young people uh, seem to be excluded and marginalized even in political and governmental institutions where they are concerned the most, such as, for instance, the Ministry of Youth. Um, another level where activism in civil society organizations seems to be empowering young people and challenging old institutionalized non-democratic practices is the form of the battle some of these organizations chose, mainly those related to the promotion of accountability, transparency, and good <coughs> governance. And we were, talk, we were listening to uh, Amira talking about uh, Al-Bawsala in the earlier, um, in, uh, earlier. So new watchdog organizations such as these gave young people uh, a contesting but institutionalized, institutionalized space uh, beyond the public space of streets to not only hold people in power accountable, but also to monitor and assess their performances with organizations such as Al-Bawsala and iWatch, involving young practitioners, young activists, and or young target audiences. The last level I would like to talk about uh, were institutionalized non-democratic uh, non practices are indirectly and slowly challenges is the core institution of family. Um, in developing their skills playing a role in uh, the democratic transition through their activism and non-governmental organization, and in being more empowered, young activists are trying to assert a new position of their in their families where their opinions are heard. Uh, this is obviously a, a less obvious and a longer process of liberation that participants in the focus groups are expressing. Um, and the last response I want to refer to uh, of these young uh, activists uh, to the new reality that they're facing in Tunisia is one of a non-movement, non-organized and non-structured activism where creative and alternative approaches for youth public engagement are created and preferred over organized ones that leave the civil society sector. So these are spaces for street art, uh, art collectives focusing on citizenship, spaces uh, and of clubs and community radios where uh, freedom of expression is promoted and um, where emphasis is put on building citizenship, but also spaces such as collective and collaborative spaces for co-learning, uh, sharing knowledge and where entrepreneurship is nurtured. These spaces are much more spontaneous. They are less organized and do not have the institutional structures putting clear vision, mission, task distribution, plans, and accountability systems. Um, yet they are prefer preferred by youth activists because um, they represent the informal spirit of youth activism before the revolution. They provide a safer space for new young activists, and these spaces are usually less uh, judgmental, evaluative, and competitive. But more importantly, these non-structured spaces seem to allow more freedom and creativity in imagining new forms of activism. Uh, in fact, the revolution itself was a revolt in a way against order and structure as a limiting rigid frame for, expression, uh, for expressing opinion and making change. So these spaces are in themselves more democratic as they are more open to youth who are marginalized, have less access to institutionalized activism, and they lack bureaucracy and uh, complex structures so they can go deeper to rural and marginalized areas. Uh, these spaces are very useful for seizing the moment. Um, so for making quick and efficient actions due to their flexibility and network-based uh, sustainable, uh, network-based operation creativity and uh, informal character. However, this raises the issue uh, of their sustainability. And these spaces can support monetary and occasional activism, but fail in establishing lasting organizations uh, with a reliable and committed membership that organize and plan over the long run. Um, rather, they appear to be somewhat uh, ephemeral networks, which can make up for the lack of staying power with the speed they can mobilize and uh, people and the intensity of the momentum uh, that they make, but still fail to sustain the momentum. So they can create campaigns uh, for human rights or for free activism, uh, activists, but they do not translate to organized movement. 
Um, so young activists came across as strong actors in the beginning of the revolution, but did they really remain relevant afterwards? Some managed to empower their position in institutions, organizations, and structures where their activism gained a new spoke, a scope and dimension, sometimes being more professional in their uh, organizations, such as the example we were seeing in the last panel, but many still lack the skill, vision, and trust, sometimes even in themselves, to remain relevant in the transitional process. The momentary leadership these actors show is insufficient in creating a stronger place for young Tunisians that they were actually reclaiming throughout the revolutionary process. So as organization is key to remain relevant beyond the romanticized moment of the revolution and creative energy, it's important to ask the question of, are young activists in Tunisia now still relevant in this chaotic space through their chaotic uh, uh, system of uh, activism and mobilization? Thank you.